Hey there, friends and foes. Good morning. Welcome back to the Virtual Rec Room. This is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, John Pike of the Prophet of Pop Culture. And this morning, we've got a very special guest. Uh, Hollywood music composer Lucas Cantor is going to be joining us in the Virtual Rec Room. And we're doing a giveaway for an exclusive Funko Soda Quisp. And we're going to do that right now. All right, guys and gals, we are back with Back of the Cereal Box. Thank you for joining us in the virtual rec room. And... Um, as always, joining us is my beautiful and talented co-hosts, the one, the only, the mythical, the incomparable, D. Barty. Say good morning, D. Good morning. And D is wearing some polka-dotted pajamas this morning. <laughs> is, is that a onesie? No. Oh. I, I so wanted it to be a onesie. No. I'll tell you someone else who would love to wear a unicorn onesie on the show is everyone's favorite supervillain, Lex Voitech. It's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I I know this about you. It's it's like we have a psychic connection. And um, as we were bantering before going live, I was afraid our special guest wasn't going to make it, but lo and behold, he has popped into the green room. I am so excited. This dude is hardcore, heavy duty. His resume reads like a Hollywood superstar, composer, musician, the one, the only, Mr. Lucas Cantor. Welcome to the virtual rec room, Lucas. How are you this morning? He is muted. Oh, you need... It's uh, uh, six in the damn morning, John. That's how I'm doing. You can see <laughs> by my hair that's a little early over here. That's all right. Where, where oh, are I you? This... Guys, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, where are you this morning? I'm in Chatsworth, California. All right, all right. Well, so we've already got some comments. Sawyer St. Sin says, good morning. Eli Cash belches. You and your onesies. What? Eli, I don't know what even that means. And... Anna Marie says, good morning. Ha, ha, ha. Excellent, excellent. So uh, welcome, Lucas, to the virtual rec room. We are so happy to have you. Um, for those of you who are just now joining us, as you can see, we take audience comments. So, uh, and Lucas, we are getting a little bit of crackle on your line, so uh, I'm going to mute you for a minute until uh, until time to, to converse back and forth. Um for those of you who are watching, we do take comments live on the air. So you get to interact with us, and we will uh, address your comments as you post them. Now, this morning, it's a little bit different because we are going to give away something really cool. So this morning, it's contest time. So we are going to give away... This exclusive Funko Soda Quisp figure, if I can get it open. 
They you can store toxic waste in these things. <laughs> All right, you, you do it. I believe in you. Yeah, talk about. Oh, this is from a girl that uh, I really, you know, I haven't reached old age, and I, I definitely uh, need somebody to get the pickle jar for me. <laughs> There's the little quiz oh, in the can. And we are going to give that away. All you have to do is when you and when you post a comment, put the hashtag Quisp in the comment, and we are going to do a random drawing at the end of the show. So stick around to the end of the show to see if you win. And uh, Sawyer Sawyer Saint Sin says, "Ooh, what did you say, D?" But my name is okay. Well, you you can post a comment just like everybody else. <laughs> don't give me ideas about toxic waste, John. Yeah, Eli, you don't need any ideas. Uh, so this show is called Back of the Cereal Box. The reason it's called Back of the Cereal Box is because I am of an age where we didn't have iPhones or iPads growing up, sitting at the kitchen table on Saturday morning, and... Um, Lucas, you need to drop out for a minute and come back. Okay. Um, so uh, we didn't have uh, iPhones and iPads. We had the back of the cereal box that we were sitting and reading, on, you know, in between cartoons and commercials. And this morning, um, I have a brand new cereal from Magic Spoon. This is um, – well. well yeah, this is the cocoa flavor. Ooh. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But for my generation, the back of the cereal box was a portal into all cool things that I love. You know, cartoons and comics and toys and uh, games, board games. Debartee, you look completely bored. <laughs> I'm tired and my eye keeps watering and I'm like... Sniffing because oh. I'm like, what the heck is going on in my face? All right, this is beautiful. So, this is basically your Saturday morning grown up show and tell after the Friday night sleepover. So, with Who that, for show and tell after a sleepover, nobody, not on Saturday. I'm saying, I know. Well. We're, we're mashing it up. I don't know. Can you guys hear me the, now? We can. Way. Do I sound we, better? You sound great. Excellent. Awesome. You sound great, too. Um, so <laughs> can I just jump in here and say that the cereal you just showed, I ate that exact cereal for breakfast this morning. Did you really? What? Yeah, I got it as a present from my sister. My birthday was last week. Thank you very much. And my sister sent me a like sampler pack of Magic Spoon cereal. And I yeah, just I just finished it. Yep. The the whole the whole pack? Uh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I had a week to do it, but I got through it. <laughs> All four I have boxes. a problem. You're not allowed to have cereal in the house because I like will pretty much sit down and eat it until it's gone, no matter how much of it we buy. Honey bunches of oats with almonds literally makes me sick, and I will still eat a whole box of it if it's in front of me. Oh yeah. I hear you there. You and I, Lucas, are like on the same planet. So yeah, right? so Here's what I ask every guest, uh, and and you can uh, jump in here. Who are you? What do you do? And how did you get wrangled into being on this show this morning? 
Well, I'm Lucas. Uh, I play, you can tell at least bass and guitar, but uh, if you look over to the, the backstage area, I got oh my goodness. instruments here. Nice. I can play all of them to various, <laughs> with various degrees of proficiency. Um, and, uh, and over this side is my composing rig and my uh, vanity light here and some packages I'm supposed to mail and uh, Spock cookie jar. That was a birthday gift one year. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a, so I'm a composer, which means that I write music for, uh, I write music for productions here in Hollywood and also for the stage. I do concert music back when there used to be concerts. I don't know if you guys remember the before times, but uh, people used to get well, together in a room and play music. Come to Nashville, Lucas. It's back to the before times. Oh, we're 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 a week away here. Uh, July, uh, June fifteenth. We're 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 wrapping it up. Um, but yeah, I'm a composer. I'm a musician, and uh, I don't remember how I got roped into doing this podcast. But I definitely agreed to it before I knew that it happened at six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm also on the West Coast, although I'm an hour. I say West Coast. I'm actually in Albuquerque, but yeah, uh, I have to, you know, get up at like six thirty to be able to get to my office to do this. Can I tell you guys a story about the one time that I went to Albuquerque? And I don't mean this to insult you, but it is not oh, the nicest story. Listen, <laughs> so, I, go ahead. I understand. So on our honeymoon, one of the things that we did, because I grew up in New York and I moved to Los Angeles. And so I had never really seen the middle of the country from the ground. And yes. so we decided that we would drive from Los Angeles to Maine where we got married. And that would be you know part of our honeymoon. And so we got to Albuquerque, I don't know, on day two or something. We went to a bar and asked the bartender, hey, you know, we're in Albuquerque. We're a little ahead of schedule. What should we do here in Albuquerque? And he said, well, um, if you go behind the Walmart where your hotel is, some guy got his head cut off there like two nights ago. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I know this story, actually. I know exactly who it was and what happened. Yep. Mm -hmm. So What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was his, So his advice was, uh, actually, you should finish this barbecue, sleep as little as possible, and get out of here. Yeah. Basically, um, I was going to guess that somebody stole your car, but no, all right. it was a rental. It would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. This, now, this town is crazy. I love Albuquerque. It's it's toughened my skin, but it is uh, it's a rough town. That is wild. All right. So I have another question for you, Lucas. Okay. And, and this is for everyone in the audience. And remember, when you answer in our audience, add the hashtag Quisp. <laughs> to be entered into the giveaway. There it is, hashtag Quisp, and stick around to the end. So here's, here's the question, courtesy of our sponsor, Poddex. If you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? That's kind of a big question. That's huge. <laughs> so I guess it send a message to the entire world, what would I say in 30 seconds? Yes. One should read Middlemarch and also listen to my podcast, Book Society. That would be my message. There you go. <laughs> DBRT, what would your message be in 30 seconds? Be nice. Just be nice. Everybody be nice to each other. Like, I love that. Stop all this crap. Just be nice. I love that message. And that's kind of what this show is about, right? Yeah. We are 100% non-toxic. Lex? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to second D, but I, I guess also, you know, I think that people should take care of themselves and not be afraid of, you know, pleasure and, and being happy. 
Okay, and you may deep blush about that. Aubrey. Well, I don't mean I don't mean sexy pleasure, although that too. Don't be afraid, people. Go and be ethical sluts. Self-indulgent. All right. <laughs> we have we've taken a left turn this morning. Sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't mean to make a PG-13. That was deep blush. Not yet. We're, we're, we're just just oh my goodness. Albuquerque's gracious. a party town, apparently. Now <laughs> who knew? Aubrey X, welcome back to the show this morning. What would you tell the world in 30 seconds? If you had a message that you could share with the entire world, what would it be in 30 seconds? Uh... Welcome. Here's the existential question of a lifetime. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, right. Um... Uh... Be nice to each other, I guess, is the best one. Yeah. Yeah, D. <laughs> if I had 30 seconds, no, I'm not going to say what I was. I was going to be very selfish and say, if I had 30 seconds, I would tell everyone to drop a tip in the digital tip jar at <laughs> patreon.com slash cereal box podcast. Actually, I would say stop. Stop being toxic. That mm. would be my ma- message. So be, be nice. John, be nice. Wanna... You're going the negative of the affirmative of being nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So stop not being nice. John, I want to I don't want to rip on your sponsor too much, but I want to take an issue with this question. So there's not enough information, right? Like okay, right now <laughs> technically I'm broadcasting to the entire world. Anyone with an internet connection could listen to this. So yes. in this question, are we broadcasting like do we have some futuristic alien technology where we can broadcast directly into people's brains? And if so, do our words have more impact? Or are we just tweeting something out and the whole world can read it, but probably they're not going to? Yeah, I, I, I need more information. I, I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> but I that's think the okay. People pod decks are underthinking it. That's my point. Pod decks, they're our sponsor, and that's a great segue. <laughs> this episode is powered by Pod decks. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. All right, and we are back. Thank you to Poddex for that. And uh, all right, guys. It's time to find out what you guys got in your bowl. This morning, I am trying, for the first time, Magic Spoon cocoa flavor. And, of course, on the back of the cereal box, they've got one of those amazing mazes. I've not tried this yet. So this morning, you get the taste test live. Now, last week, I tried their peanut butter, and their peanut butter was the best cereal I've ever had in my life. Mm. Uh, Lucas, did, did you get the peanut butter in the sample pack? I did. I am not a fan of peanut butter in stuff. No? Personally, yeah. So my wife loved it. But okay. my, my my biggest problem with uh, Magic Spoon cereal is that I don't know what they sweeten it with, but it <clears throat> it seems it just tastes weird to me. I like some good old-fashioned refined sugar in my cereal. Is it stevia or something? No, it's like, it's like coconut sugar. It's like, you know, I mean, they're like a hippie company, so it's something, you know... That they got right. from the, you know, inside well, of the Well, stevia is a, a natural. It's, it's monk fruit. Monk oh, fruit. There yeah. you go. Okay. Extract. I know exactly what that tastes mm. like. Yeah. But I love it. Mm. I think this is delicious. And and this tastes exactly to me like cocoa puffs or cocoa crispies. 
I think the cocoa delicious. ones. My favorite one is the vanilla one, actually. But I like the cocoa one too. We finished that. You should um, add the peanut butter and the chocolate together. What are you thinking? That's oh, that, my next thing. I did okay. the chocolate and vanilla together. That's pretty. Ooh, that's pretty nice. badass. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. Magic spoon cereal, guys. We're trying to get them as a sponsor, <laughs> Lucas. So. Oh, nice. I'm I'm a big fan of Magic Spoon. They probably, you know, their mazes are less confusing than Poddex questions. So. <laughs> they are they are the high protein, keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, wheat free, naturally flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grownups. I'm blown away every time I have this. And look, 140 calories per. One cup serving, which is this. This this is a bowl is a cup. That's yeah, a bowl is it's it's one one. I don't know. For me, it's like one fifth of a string of cereal that I'm actually going to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's only one cup, but then you know I I can't I can't I'm telling you I can't stop with the cereal. That is like it's crunchy, yeah. it's delicious. But uh, I but would yeah. eat it every morning. And Debarty, just for you, do you notice what I have? Thank you. No oh, metal spoon. Oh. Are you not into the clinking? So I, I can't remember what it's called, but I really think I have that. Misophonia? That's it. That's I do it. too. I enrages me. I almost broke up with my partner when he was eating fruit in bed one day. I was like, this is it. I love you. You're the love of my life, but I can't be with you because the fruit in the bed and the chewing and I can't do it. Well, it's like chip bags and like the clinking of the bowl. Like I just, I, I, like you saw me, like I'm sitting here going. <laughs> so, Lucas, you also had magic spoon cocoa cereal for breakfast this morning, indeed. And you you finished it, Lex. What what is in your bag? I saw the bag. Oh yeah. Um. So it's the it's the Nature's Path pumpkin seed and flax again. It's because uh, you know we're all eating hippie cereal, I guess. Um. But uh, it's it isn't like celiac friendly and I don't have celiac, but I've been told by my doctor to avoid gluten at least for now. Um, because obviously I was out last week cause I was sick with my tummy time. See today it's TMI for Lex, but uh, pleasure and tummy times. But anyway, so now I'm eating this stuff and it's delicious. I buy it anyways. And it turns out that it's actually okay on the diet. So I have brought it back into the office. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Debarty, we know that you reject the premise completely. And you're only drinking coffee. But, Aubrey, I saw a bowl in front of you. What do you got this morning? I don't have a bowl. What? Mm. What? All right, Aubrey, you get sent to the spotlight. Why? What? <laughs> what? Aubrey, are we going to have to have an intervention? Look, I wanted coffee, and I was just thinking about it as I was entering. I was like, Crap, I forgot to make coffee. So I'm screwed out of two things this morning. If that's my, that should be my, yeah, my, my punishment. Well, one of the most famous breakfast cereals that is hard to find today, they still make it, is Quisp. And this little guy, we're giving him away this morning. So <clears> those <throat> of you who are watching, um, post a comment. <clears throat> And use the hashtag Quisp to be entered to win. We're going to do a drawing before the end of the show, a random drawing, and we're going to use the new StreamYard giveaway tool. It's very cool. You guys are going to love it. 
And um, you might win the Funko Soda Quisp. How cool is that? Nice. Pretty cool. All right. You guys know what time it is? It's uh, still like six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for our fan favorite uh, fan favorite segment, New Loot. So I went yard selling this week. Not yard selling. Flea marketing. <clears throat> is that a word? Flea marketing? We're going to make it a word. So I went flea marketing this week and um without me, how dare you? I know, I know. It was it was a spur of the moment thing, D. <laughs> yeah, John, I like I like flea marketing too, man. You could have called me. <laughs> That's <laughs> a hell of a commute, man. <laughs> hey, whatever. We're not we're not doing much over here, so but uh I, I found this flea market just randomly. I was actually at the comic book shop and I'm I'm driving through White House, Tennessee. And there's this random sign at the corner of the intersection about, I don't know, maybe about this big. And it says Tennessee Fleeland and an arrow pointing. I'm like, I got to go check this out. And it was epic. I posted the, the video from it on our Instagram. If uh, you guys didn't see it, um, it's on Instagram. Go check that out. But here's what I discovered and what I walked away from or walked away with. <laughs> I walked away from it, but I walked away with the $6 million man on vinyl. This nice. is a, this is a, whoa, this is a story book and record, um, comic, comic book, giant size. Look at that. That's Boom. awesome. Whoa, Isn't that, that is sweet. And, and basically these were, when I was a kid, the early versions of audiobooks. Um, because they do a full production uh, of the comic story. So you could read along and, and visualize what's happening audio, you know, with the audio, or you could just read it, or you can just listen. And uh, I just put it on and had it playing in the background the other day while I was uh, working on something else. But um, I loved these when I was a kid. And uh, I was blown away. By one, the quality of the uh, artwork, the quality of the paper. Uh, I mean, this is like thick archival paper. Nice. And then the quality of the audio production on the record. I mean, it's it's a full audio drama with Foley and everything. Uh, sound effects and music. It was amazing. Who did the um, music? You know what? I don't even know if it's credited. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's throwing credited. the bus again. Yep. Yeah, I don't see any credits for that. You but, know what that um, means? That means that the guy who did it—I uh, I mean, I would say guy or girl, but realistically, it was probably a guy back yeah, in the sadly. '60s, um, yeah. unless it was uh, unless it was Shirley Walker. But uh, well, the guy who did it probably got. What's that? Go ahead. I was gonna say that might be why there's no name is because it's not a guy. No, oh, ooh. no, there was, mm. there were, there were, so there's a great, amazing female composer from maybe a generation before me named Shirley Walker, who did, I think most famously all the Batman cartoons in the eighties yeah. and nineties and her, like, I mean, there are awards named after her. And I I've been to a, I heard Hans Zimmer one time say, you know, I've known for, I'm not going to try to do my Hans Zimmer impression, but he has a German <laughs> accent. Let's just imagine that I have a German accent. And he says, um, you know, I'm known for making some pretty 
hard-hitting action music, but Shirley's music will melt your face off. And it's true. Her action music is like just so huge. Um, I don't think she did that though, because that's uh, that's that's not her type of gig. But the fact that there's no name on it probably means it was a work for hire and the guy got paid a lot of money for it. So ah. let's at least be happy about that. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, blown away and uh, love that. Great addition to my collection. And then you guys know I, I love board games. And I found oh. the Jetsons <laughs> game. Look at this. This Now, it's not complete. It's missing one character. There's supposed to be four of the characters, and it's only got three. But you know what? I picked it up anyway because no one's going to play it with me anyway. But um, <laughs> it uh, it's just very cool. I the, These are the kind of games I played when I was a kid, and I'm on a hunt to find uh, all of them, you know? Um, so that was a huge find. That was a great treasure find. Anybody else got anything cool they want to share with us this morning? I spent all week in bed, so no. Oh, good. Somebody oh, no. does like Well, I don't know if it's cool. I mean, it's definitely the opposite of cool. Um, <laughs> but so one of the things that uh, I, my mom and I have, my mom for a long time and me for a shorter time have done is collect fountain pens. And I got a new one this week. So if there are any pen nerds watching this show, which I would say there probably aren't, they're going to be very impressed by this pen. But I'll keep it quick for people who are normal and don't care about this. Oh, I'm into this. So, I'm so into this. <laughs> so this is a Visconti Breeze. Um, it's an Italian made pen. Oh, where we go. So you can see it's got this like, uh, you can't really see it, but you can see it's got this etching of the name right here. Yeah, on the I see that. Clip. Yeah. This clip has uh, is angled up so it goes under your uh, whatever. And it's um, it's a steel nibbed fountain pen. That's and this gorgeous. is like blue resin acrylic. It writes beautifully. And this is, this one is an extra fine, but I had my pen guy tune it to be a little bit more inky than usual. So this is my, uh, my acquisition of the week. Nice. That is beautiful. Thanks. I want one. Yeah, uh, well, I'll send you a link. You can get one. That, that'll do, cool. do you guys write with fountain pens? I haven't written with any pen in forever. Like it feels like whenever I try to handwrite anything, like all my hand muscles have atrophied from you know too much typing on a computer. Yeah, I, I have that. I have that same problem, and I'm I'm working on a book right now. Um, I didn't really like whatever. My bio is not important. You can look me up. But I'm writing a book about technology and um and the arts and. One of the things that I found is that sort of writing stuff longhand helps me organize ideas. And so I've gotten back to being okay at it. But I was the same as you. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't and still haven't been required to write anything by hand in a yeah. long time. I've also started writing people letters. Oh. Because oh. why not? It's so yes. nice. Yeah. How whimsical yeah. and romantic. <laughs> it takes so long to yeah. write like a three-sentence letter that's intelligible takes as long as sending 50 emails. Yeah, but, totally. But it makes you be more like conscious and and thoughtful and intentional about what you're saying yeah i definitely use like less apposition and um only easy to spell words <laughs> like not apposition <laughs> no, apposition would not be the letter yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait what's that d to just have a few kids in elementary school lots of paperwork you write everything <laughs> Oh man, well, you're gonna, you guys are like, it's it's possible that you're gonna meet my two toddlers because they're they're already kind of stirring. Into that that's, all right. yeah. that's all right. That's all right. They're welcome. They're welcome. Um, now, Aubrey, do, did you have something that you got this week? Something cool? Nope. I've been trying to think of something, and nope. I saw more. you looking around. Aubrey, did you know? Aubrey, did you know we were doing a show today? <laughs> 
That's kind of her thing. <laughs> that's that's kind of her thing. <laughs> Aubrey's kind of taking over that role for me, I think. <laughs> Thank Look, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's 8.30. Leave me alone. Hey, he's up at 6.30, 6 o'clock. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have agreed to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, D, you got anything? No. I'm gonna show you guys one more thing because I'm so excited about this. Uh, this will take you back, D Barty. I gotta move some stuff around and tilt the camera down. Do you guys see what that is? Uh, uh, beanbag. <laughs> It's, like not, a love sack? it's not a beanbag. It's like one of those random chat sites now. I know, right? It's it's <laughs> it's not just Twitch. a beanbag. It is a Zorby, oh, which Zorbies X O R B E E. They are a memory foam filled beanbag chair. What happened to the green Whoa. one that I gave you? No, you sold it. No, we didn't. I gave it to you. No, you sold it at a yard sale no, before I, I could come. I promise you, because I was going to come get it, and then you sold it at a yard sale before I could come get it because you were like, "Well, you didn't come get it," so we sold it. Yeah, John, I believe you because I think a man who's wearing Star Wars jams would come over to get a beanbag chair if it was offered yes. for free. So you yes. must have given it away. Well, so Zorby. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put their title up on the screen here. Zorby is uh, they were a sponsor of DNI's first show, and they are now a sponsor of this show. So go to Zorby X O R B E E dot com and just tell them back in the cereal box sent you. Um, there's no promo codes to use, but just tell them you heard about us on our show and. On our uh, convention appearances, we've got two of them, and and only one's up here in the room because you can't fit two of them in a room at a time. And this isn't even the same size that we had on the previous one, D. This is like the small size. Oh my gosh, that other one was huge. Yeah, it took up a whole room. Um, but this we've it got two of them. <laughs> we could put it out the door. <laughs> I I know we couldn't transport it. I remember we were trying to stuff it in your van, and we had to like three of us had to push van. it in. I do not have a van. A truck, <laughs> suburban, van, whatever it was. Your SUV, the big. <laughs> thing. Does it have? Does it have windows? Does your car have windows? Yes. Okay, it's not a van. <laughs> but when you come see us at conventions and at appearances, we will have the Zorby in our booth. So you can sit down and you can read or or play games with us, hang out with us, and you know maybe what you want to read is uh, Nightrike, <laughs> my new book. Maybe you'll be spotted reading Nightrike in the Zorby at a convention. By the way, that's available for two ninety nine at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Do you, do you yeah. see what I just did there? Look, I am a trained professional. Don't try this at home. <laughs> um, I, I would like a copy of Night Rike, please. I will send it to you, Lucas, <laughs> yeah. as as a as a thank you for being on the show. I love it. I love. I love. Is, is it a full graphic novel or was it? How long is it? It's prose. It's a short story. Yeah. It's a no prose. Even better. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's great. So uh, before 
we uh, get to uh, interviewing Lucas more in depth, we've got a bunch of comments. I'm going to go through these and let's address them from our audience. Um, so Sawyer St. Sin says, ooh, talking about Quisp, I believe. I think she was talking about me. Could be, could be, could be. And um, Anna Maria says, the Quisp container itself is cute. Yes, it is. Eli says, my bad ideas vault is already overflowing. Come on. So he's talking about when I said you could store toxic waste in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Debartee's oh, smiling because she knows Eli and <laughs> just how weird he really is. Uh, um, More or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Anna said Cinnamon Toast Crunch was hers this morning. I do nice. think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best breakfast cereal ever created. Personally. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah. No, it's hard to make an argument against that, frankly. It's, it's pretty It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Sawyer St. Sin says, I am still eating Star Wars cereal because my work has pallets of it that expires on the 21st. Well, uh, we got to get... Where, we gotta, where, where do you work, Sawyer? And are you guys accepting applications? Do you need a composer? <laughs> um, maybe you guys need some custom theme music for whatever you do. Somebody can help you get through this pallet. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I've never been... I've been offered some really weird deals, but I've never been offered to be paid an expired Star Wars cereal. <laughs> Not yet. Not yeah. I was gonna say not yet expired though. Yeah. And Eli Cash also says I've got a story about Area Fifty One. I mean Albuquerque. He was born there. I was gonna say this name sounds really familiar. Do you know people? We gotta talk. That that explains a lot about you, Eli. Were, were you born in Area Fifty One too? Yeah, I was gonna say they're two different places, but. <laughs> I've never. Been, have you guys been to Area Fifty One? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh. I take the I take the clandestine uh, government installation tour every time I'm in New Mexico. <laughs> well, okay, so I've I haven't been to the actual like you know spot, but I've been all around Area Fifty One. So I I've been to uh, Bohemian Grove. Does that count? Do you guys know about this? No. It's where, you know, all of the secret societies meet once a year oh. and plot the future of the world. Oh. Yeah, it was people. Yeah, it was featured on Alex Jones's show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Sawyer St. Sin says, I need a new little trinket for my desk. Hashtag Quisp. Uh, Anna Marie also says, I'd say live kindness and practice gratitude in all things and take care of yourself and make the people you love important. She is responding to our pod decks question. That's a good answer. Yes. I like it. Uh, that's probably the best answer if I'm being honest. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Sawyer St. Sin says, damn the man, save the empire. I like jokes, LOL. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Does anyone know what that quote is from? Sounds like Star Wars. No. That's just that's just because it says empire in it, but there have been a lot of real empires throughout history. But True. she was eating Star Wars cereal. <laughs> Damn, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, Eli responded to your question about what they use to sweeten Magic Spoon. He says, it's sorcery, <laughs> sorcery. Lucas. It's sorcery and monk fruit. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I thought it was. Never make the mistake of putting stevia in coffee. 
or let anything. me just let me just make a public service announcement. If you're putting Ooh. anything in your coffee, you are doing it wrong. If you're putting if you're putting sugar in your coffee and you're putting milk in your coffee, you're not enjoying coffee. Just drink the sugary beverage that you want to drink. See, I don't put sugar in my coffee, but I do have to put a little bit of oat milk. I'm sorry, everyone. Oat milk. Yeah, yeah that that that's that's uh that's acceptable because oh I yay, even, I get a pass. What's what's oat milk? I don't even know what that is. But I'm I'm Puerto Rican, <laughs> so um. I'm Puerto Rican and we drink our coffee black or we drink cafe con leche, which is really just a sugary sweet confection that happens right. to involve coffee. Totally. I put a little Deep. bit. I just put a little bit of sugar, a little bit of half and half. <laughs> I don't like the super sweet. That's why John knows I don't like the super sweet cereals. Oh. But the I real reason. Just a little bit. The real reason to never put stevia in your coffee is like a close to Lex's heart, which is that if you do, that's how Walter White will kill you. <laughs> so. Yes, well, there you go. Aubrey, Aubrey sounded hungover just then. I always put a little <laughs> bit. A little no, bit. no. So where's the Bloody Marys on the, in the rec room, everyone? <laughs> Divertee, do you do you drink? Uh, do you put sweetener in your coffee? Hey, don't drag me into this. Y'all are gonna hate on me, so I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, you're the coffee drinker. You're like the hardcore coffee drinker of the group. I am. No, I do not put sugar in, but I put creamer in, which has sugar. So, all right. But I don't add sugar. I just add creamer. That's it. That's cheating. <laughs> oh, Sawyer St. Sin, I did that once and never again, talking about stevia, stevia. and coffee. Uh, I, you could not believe how I drink be. my coffee. I pretty much drink espresso. With coffee creamer, like yeah, it's, like I drink, like you can almost stand the spoon straight up in my coffee. I like I drink super strong coffee. I would probably love your coffee. I put two espresso shots in mine every day. Like I can't if I go to like Starbucks or whatever. Like I literally have to get a shot of espresso with their coffee because it's not strong enough for me. You know, Albuquerque mm -hmm. has a solution for all of this, like sugar and caffeine. Called high crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we really want to go hardcore about it. Phoenix is the, their, it's their number one export. Is it really? Yeah. Not really. Is there it's something green, about the it's dry green heat? chili, everyone? It's chilly, Talking but about then coffee is making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Phoenix Sister says, good morning, everyone. That's Kelly Gettner. We have an, an amazing announcement from her in a minute. Um, <clears throat> Anna Marie says, I have the pumpkin flaxseed cereal. I mix it in Greek yogurt. I was Very thinking healthy. about doing that this morning, but then I realized that I was out of yogurt. But I do the same thing. Nice. Eli Cash calls it flea rating. Ha! Nice. Oh, I good. like that. That's a that's good one. I like that. I, I, I flea that. rating. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And peddler malls are the thing in Kentucky. Oh my gosh, some of the stuff I found. Now, Anna Marie. Peddler malls. That's such a good name for it. Yeah. Yeah. And Anna Marie is a um, Anna Marie is a board game collector. And last night on a group chat, she was showing us she has an original edition of Battleship. Oh, cool. Whoa. Yeah. And and it's not, you know, it's not the pegs. It's like a, a printed, you know. Anyway, it was it's very different the original version, and she's got it. Um, that's pretty awesome. I grew up on the six million dollar man. Yes. Do you know, guys? My mother dated Lee Majors in college. No, I didn't know that. No, yeah. no, I don't think any of us. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, his, his real name is Lee Yuri. 
And um, yeah, my mom and he, he dated for a brief period in college. Well, Yuri, well, well. like you are I? Yeah. Was he like, was he just like, is that a Jewish name? And he was trying to hide it for Hollywood? Um, No. Uh, it sounds it, like it could be Israeli or something, right? It, it could be. Uh, no, it's... Um, I don't know. I don't know uh, what nationality it is, but uh, that's not what he was hiding for Hollywood. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, gotcha. All right. He he lived with Rock Hudson. Roommates. Rock Hudson picked him up from college graduation. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I think at the start of Pride Month, it's probably yeah. a great idea to say we've come a long way. And, yeah, true. You know, we got we got a long way to go, but we've come a long way since the days that Rock Hudson and Lee Majors had to pretend to be roommates. That's, That's right. right. That's yes, right. True. Yeah. Um, all right. Sawyer State Sin says awesome find. Anna Marie says, uh, Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. Here who okay, this is a great question. Who here used to do the slow-mo run? Do you guys even know what we're talking about? Are you at guys my, too young? Age, that's just that's a sprint for me. So. <laughs> right, that's just regular running. Yeah, right? that's just running. I just that's just running for me. But yeah, the the slow mo you're talking about in the intro, like the what that was the six Yeah, every right. time he would use his speed because his legs are bionic, so he he can run at super speed, but. Back in the 60s and 70s, for special effects, instead of having him zoom, they put it in slow motion. Right, makes sense. And that was his running at speed. Um, so, good Lord, we have so many comments this morning. Ted Davis Artistry, who is a coffee <laughs> lover, says good morning. Uh, and uh, let's see... Um, Greg Jones says, I have a carpet board for Monopoly. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so talking about the Battleship, 1973, all paper grid, still have the sheets from the games I played with my mom. Good memories. That oh, is. it's like, so Anna Maria, it's like a game where you like mark, you like yeah. mark it with a pen. Oh, that's pretty cool. And Greg Jones says he remembers the slow-mo run. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. I think we got through all of the comments. I can't believe it. What what awesome uh, comments this morning. And make sure that you uh, add hashtag Quisp to be entered in our drawing for Quisp. So, Lucas, we asked you to be a part of the show because I thought you seemed like a really cool, fun, interesting guy. And you've completely disappointed us. No, I'm I kidding. I was going to say I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> No, uh, you, you, you've been awesome, but let's talk about something really interesting and talk more about you. You have a resume that reads like a, you are a superstar. And, <laughs> no. and, and one of our other co-hosts, when I shared your bio, she posted in our group chat, how did you manage to get him to be on the show? She's like, wow. And uh, you, you already told us, you know, I conned you into doing it. But tell us a little bit I about, uh, tell us a little bit about your career in Hollywood. You, you're a composer. You've, you've done some pretty cool stuff, and you've had some stuff in uh, some movies and TV shows that uh, we've all seen. Oh, awesome! 
You guys have seen uh, Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> That's a Hallmark classic. Yeah. It was, is it? Uh, if, uh, if it is, then my dad has seen it. It's it's one of the like you know, two hundred Christmas films that Hallmark has made in the last three years. Um, but and I've probably great. seen it. It was, <laughs> it was it was actually like as far as those movies go, it was uh, one of the really good ones. I I very much enjoyed scoring it. But uh, that is not what I'm most. I think probably most notable to your audience would be that I did the music for Cannon Busters, which is an anime on Netflix. Um, and if you haven't seen it, like you guys would all like it. It's pretty cool, and the music is really is really fun. Nice. Was there a question? I'm sorry. I just started making fun <laughs> of my own bio. No, no. I want you to talk about uh, what you've done. Brag on yourself a little bit, man. So Cannon Busters, I've not heard of that. Aubrey, oh, Lex? I am looking it up right now because I'm into anime generally. So. Oh, yeah. You'll dig it. It's uh, it's um, it's um, really cool. It's uh, it's about a um, – well, I won't tell you what it's about, but it's very cool and it has some really cool tracks, really cool music in it. And one of the things, the way that my job is usually done, 90% of the work that I do is someone, a director or producer, whoever comes to me with a finished picture that has either temp music in it or um, or no music in it. And then I what, score did, to did, that it, picture. Explain what temp music is. Temp music is like they put in some piece of music from somewhere else just to show that music should go here and it should have more or less this feeling to it. Right? So... Um, so yeah, usually I get I get stuff that has either temp music in it or no music in it, but the picture is locked. It's exactly how it's going to appear, and I have to add the music to it. Um, but for Cannon Busters, what they had me do is just um, they gave some direction as to like they said, well, we want about fifty or sixty tracks, and this is the direction that we want for all of them. And so um, kind of like Chariots of Fire, yeah, Chariots of Fire is is the best. I love that. Well, song. it was the anyway. slow-mo run. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what that's referencing, but I, but do, 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 da, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait, no, don't, don't let me stop you from singing chariots of fire. Please continue. <laughs> no, I'm singing bionic man again. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, cherries of fire. Uh, uh, how does that go? Yeah. I know this one. Yeah. Uh, and that is by a uh, Greek composer and pianist named Van Gallis. Yeah. And yep. uh, uh, John Anderson worked with him on that too, but uh, the lead singer of Yes, but he's not credited. I don't know why, but anyway. Hmm. I didn't know that. I only um, know that because I'm a huge Yes fan. Interesting. That actually, I that checks out. I can not not just that you're a huge Yes fan, but that that Yes would have uh, helped with that. That it, it sort of has a Yes ring to it. Sawyer says, I want to be Lucas when I grow up. <laughs> awesome. Um, you, yeah, do, you should do it. I, I agree. I, I, I resent the implication that um, I'm more grown up than you. <laughs> <laughs> but you you were talking about Cannon Busters, and you had a different process. Yeah, yeah. They they asked me to create – me and uh, – I, I did that with a few other people. And they asked us to create just several 50 or so tracks, and then they would just animate to it, which I've found that – you can get more emotionality when I'm scoring to picture that's already there, but you can get more forward driving awesomeness when you animate or cut to music. So they did that because they wanted the show to really feel like it was popping. And I think, I think they accomplished that. My favorite track that I did for that show, the, the, the soundtrack is on, uh, you know, Spotify, you can find it, Cannon Buster soundtrack. And my favorite track I did for that show was called chase me, which was, they asked for like a Herbie Hancock style funk 
track. And uh, so I got to hire a bunch of really great musicians and I play bass and guitar and anything and, and I, and piano on that one. Nice. And I got to do a Herbie Hancock style solo, which was, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, it's a great, uh, that was a really fun show. Um, and then, yeah, I've done some other stuff. I also worked on something called Star Wars Detours, which is, I don't know if you saw that on my IMDb. I don't put it in my bio and I don't talk about it that much. I was the music editor on that show. And it is an animated series that George Lucas produced two seasons of that Disney has permanently vaulted. Tanked. Yep. Well, okay. So a couple of months ago, the, fir the first episode leaked out. Oh, really? Um, and, and we thought in the community that it was intentionally leaked because they were going to actually release it. Um, and we posted that full episode on our Facebook page. You did? Um, yeah, which, yeah. Tell me which one. Can you describe like some of the things that happened in it? Yeah, it, you... uh, it uh, involved uh, Dex Jackster and his oh, yeah. diner. Yeah. And... Um, uh, it oh, so it was just the, it was just the diner part of it though. I, I well no, it was a full episode. It was a full episode. Okay, yeah. yeah. So each episode had like a scene on the Death Star, a scene in Java's Palace, and then a scene on in the diner. Okay. Yeah. Well, this opened in the diner, gotcha. so, um, and uh, we we posted it on our Facebook page, and it actually stayed up for several months. Wow. And and it just recently got taken down, um, for you know you you've posted something that may belong to Disney. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, the the jack boots are on their way to your house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I was just like, "All right, delete it." You know, yeah. we'll leave it alone. The mouse will show up any minute now. No, you know what happens <laughs> if they knock on your door? They go, "Hey, Disney police!" Yeah, nice. Exactly. There you go. You could well, you can do Hans Zimmer, but you can do Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> that that's fantastic that you worked on Star Wars Detours. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, you which can, is everyone. Yeah, well, no, I've seen I've seen hasn't been released. Yeah, well, I've seen that episode. You can you can message me personally, and I will send you a link to that episode, and you can watch it. I'm not endorsing piracy, but I'm just saying I got it. And um, now, did you? So Seth Green was the the guy behind that series. Did you work with him? Personally, or? I was like the um, I was the music editor, which means I was working for the composer. So I okay. met Seth at an after party, and there is no way he would remember me. But I, you know, I shook his hand. I actually did some work for Seth's company, Stupid Stupid Buddy, a couple years later. I scored a Disney Descendants Christmas special for them, which was really oh, fun. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I I was the I was the music editor is responsible for it's kind of like an entry level Hollywood music job. Um, or at least it was for me. And so I didn't meet, uh, I met everyone on the show, but you know, not, uh, not, not that I, I wasn't, uh, I'm struggling to say that basically I wasn't important enough for them to have remembered at the time. Now, D Barty, you have, uh, younger kids and you have, you have girls. Were they fans of the Disney descendants series? Um, not really. <laughs> That's okay. I only scored like a four minute short. I didn't score the whole series. Um, did you? Do your uh, young girls um, like Spirit Riding Free? Have you one ever seen that? They, they one of them. So I was the I, I worked on that also. That was I play all all the guitars and yeah. The composer is my friend James Roberson and he hired me to do what we in the business call additional music, which means I did about a third of the music in the show and I played all the guitars in the show and I did all the 
all the pretty much all the end title arrangements when there's like a special episode and like in the Halloween episode we did like a Halloween version of the end title and in the there's an episode where there's a I don't want to spoil it for anyone a big life event and we did like a string quartet ending for that so um and I, I used to do all the sort of John Williams-y action cues and then I also would do the really silly like frame by frame cartoony cues in that show you know it's so funny so I have four girls and one of them is like a mad horse girl right and so like every single time we put on something for the smaller kids. She's like, let's watch Spirit. And everybody's like, ugh. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now, now when you she can, says, let's watch Spirit, you can say, yay, I know one of the guys yeah. who composed the music. Let's watch it together. It's also a good show because, I mean, I've, I've seen every episode of Spirit. And it's as far as those, you know, as far as like a kid's show, it's well written. It's got some layers for adults. It's It's interesting. Nice. Yeah, yeah that is like, fantastic. He wants to watch it over and over and over, and everybody around him is like, "Oh, again." Because <laughs> it, it's it was originally a movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now it's also now it's a movie again. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't it the second one? Or yeah, it comes out uh, uh, yesterday. It came out yesterday. Okay. Yep. That's fantastic. So, Lucas, I'm going to ask you one serious question, and then D and Aubrey are both going to ask you a ridiculous question, courtesy of our host, or our sponsor, Poddex. Oh, so, good. More so, Poddex questions. Yeah. So, um, what would you tell someone <laughs> who wants to get into film scoring and film composing? Like, what is the best piece of advice you would give someone? Uh, well, there is no one piece of advice I could give someone to try to help them to get into film scoring. I would say, you know, I mean, you live in you live in Nashville, right? Mm -hmm. John, yes. if you want to learn how to be a songwriter, you really need to move to Nashville. That that just, you know, you can go somewhere, but the people who do it the best live in Nashville. And if you want to learn how to be a film composer, you've got to move to Los Angeles. Albuquerque's can... got a huge uh, film situation <laughs> yeah, going sorry. on right now, oh, too. I forgot to mention, if you want to be a film composer and have your career tragically cut short by decapitation, move to <laughs> Albuquerque. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, if you want to be a film composer, um, you need to go where people who are doing that are. And it's a little bit easier now today because you can meet these people sort of virtually. And, you know, I moved to L.A. basically on a wing and a prayer and just hoped I would figure it out when I got here. And yeah, I had some help and I knew some, I had some contacts and stuff when I moved here, but you know, I was basically just driving around trying to figure it out. And it's easier now because you can really connect with people digitally a lot easier than you could even, uh, even 10 years ago. But uh, you know, you need to, in film music and in music in general, there's a lot of stuff that you just don't know until you know. And so you need to be in a studio with someone who knows what they're doing and trying to learn from them. And that usually takes the form of being an assistant or uh, being a music editor, which is one of the things that I did. And you just have to kind of watch how the process goes and it takes years to learn. So that would be that would be my advice. There's the art of film music composition, which is being able to read a scene and being able to craft emotional melodies and you know do all that kind of fun stuff. And then there's the craft of it, which is just being able to make it, make the music sound professional and be able to deliver it to a post-production supervisor in a way that makes sense to them. Um, and there's standard ways of doing that that I could spend hours explaining and still wouldn't make any sense until you did it. 
Um, and I know that because I used to teach a course at UCLA on this. Um, so despite my hours of explanation, it just sort of gets you prepared to go try to work in the field at an entry level. Um, and so, yeah, that's my, that would be my advice. And the, the, the other thing I think I would tell prospective film composers is that it just takes a lot of time to get good. So you have to be, have a plan to be able to put in the time that it takes to get there. Otherwise you're not gonna, um, you're, you're, you're not gonna come to Hollywood, live here for two years and get a TV show. It's not that no one has done that. It's just that almost no one has done that. So the chances that you're gonna do that are pretty low. That's, that's very cool. That's great advice, great feedback. And uh, Aubrey, mm -hmm. do you have a ridiculous question for Lucas? Hmm. Let's see how ridiculous it is. Would you rather never be able to use search engines again or never use smartphone apps again? I'd be happy to neither use neither one of them again. That's what I'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Aubrey wants to uh, disconnect, go off the grid, and live in the wilderness in a cave somewhere. Yeah. So my birthday present to myself this year is that I am off social media for the year. So when we get to the point in the podcast where we ask people how they can connect with me, you can go to my website and send me an email, but um, I'm not monitoring my social media. My my Instagram is up, but I'm not looking at it. And then my podcast Instagram is run by um, my producer. So I love yeah. that. Yeah, do I it. I am you so gain nothing. jealous of you. You gain nothing yeah. from it. Just get, just Just move away. All you're going to do is mindlessly scroll and start hating things. It doesn't do yes. anything for you. Yeah. But what's the up? So let, so let me ask you this, John. What's the upside? Like, I don't know what your social media presence is like, but like, let's say you work really hard and you end up with 20, 30,000 followers. Like, what is the upside to that? So you can't really, really sell that much. Like, you'd have to get 100,000 followers before you could start charging 80 bucks a post. Well, so, so let me, let me throw this out there. There's a philosophy in, uh, you know, the world of entertainment and, and it's really prevalent in social media that you need to be able to connect like real connection with mm -hmm. a thousand fans, 1000 right. fans who are willing to spend $100 on you per year. Right. In product or in ticket sales or you know uh, you know donations like tip jar whatever, and if you have a thousand fans, a thousand true fans, then then you're going to make you know a six figure income. Um, so social media is one of the ways that you can connect with them. It's not the only way, and I am so jealous of anyone who says that they can completely disconnect from. Social so, media. That's the, so this is the like the thousand true fans. That was a study that was published, I think, in the '90s, and that has been shown to be, you know, more or less accurate. Um, I think it's probably more like a thousand true fans who can spend two hundred dollars on you a year at this point, but um, with inflation and so on. Yeah. But the the then you made a logical leap from that to you can uh, you can get that with social media, which I don't think is true. I think you can get as many social media followers as you want, but there's no guarantee that any of them are going to become your fans. Because, you know, people will follow you on Instagram or follow you on whatever app, but that doesn't mean they're really paying attention to what you're saying. And I think that, like, for me, I try to do as much work as I can. I, I'm not super accessible. Like, I'm not accessible at the click of a button, but I'm very easy to find. And you can make an actual genuine connection with me 
extremely easily. Like if you're any of your listeners or future listeners to the show are film composers or film composer students or people who are interested in film music, if you send me an email, I will talk to you and we can Zoom for an hour. Like I'm ha I love doing that, but people don't reach out in that way because social media is easier and it's easier to have an idea of like, oh, I would kind of a little bit like to be connected with that person. So I'll send them a DM and then they'll send me a DM back with a thumbs up and then I'll feel like I've connected with them, but that's not a connection. Yeah. And so that doesn't, you know, so anyway, that's yeah. Lucas Cantor dropping some philosophical truth bombs on us this morning. <laughs> I love it. I D try. D Barty, do you have a ridiculous question for Lucas? Okay, so I saw this question and then I, I was like, I'm not asking that. And then I sat <laughs> and I shuffled, I shuffled, I shuffled, and then it came back up. So I guess I have to ask it. How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? What? <laughs> um, well, let's see. Again, this is a this is I think personally that my and my philosophy is that the best interview questions are specific. So um, uh -huh. so I think that I think that Poddex is trying to get at like a you know, they're trying to uh, these are kind of gotcha questions because I don't really have a there's no real answer to that question, but I'm going to invent my own specific, invent my own universe, and then tell you. So uh <laughs> one possible answer is one. You could probably choke an elephant with a chicken. Um, another possible <laughs> elephant. Another, another possible answer is also one. Don't you think? I mean, if you shoved a, you know, if you shoved a, like, you know, if you shoved a barred rock down an oh. elephant's throat, that would yeah. probably clog its airway, right? Oh my god. Yeah. And um, let's see another. And but and I think what, what it evoked for me was how many chickens would have to like, would it take to peck an elephant to death? And well, it depends on the size of the chicken and the ferocity of the chicken. Um, but I don't think chickens would attack an elephant because chickens really only like to attack other chickens. And oh, my, uh, yeah. oh dude, Aubrey, Aubrey has chickens. She I has do. a backyard farm, and chickens are mean little I monsters. Know. Mine aren't. Mine are nice. They're, no, they're very not. friendly. Yes, they are. They're very friendly. Every time they see us come out, they're like, ooh, food. So, And you can stick your hand in there, and they'll just like they're, lightly. They're nice to you. They're not nice to each other. Well, okay, maybe not. Would you, but... would you turn your back on two roosters? Oh, God, no. No, they kill each other. No, that's two roosters. That's like asking if you'll put two betas in the same tank or uh, what other animals uh, kill each other. Um, but Humans. anyway. Yes, hamsters they, actually, bizarrely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat their babies too. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know why? Because why waste all those calories? <laughs> we actually, uh, I was just thinking because we took a whole handful of dirt and worms that we found under the pots, the uh, the planter things outside, and just tossed them in there to the chickens, and they went nuts. So I was thinking, what about if a uh, elephant is like infested with bugs? Yeah. Oh well, then they've got a better, worse problem than just the chickens. Yeah, well, then you then you would need a lot of bugs. I mean, that's like so. That's I mean, and Eli Cash, you might be showing some early signs of psychopathy there, buddy. Um, but uh, you know, uh, but the uh, yeah, the the I mean, if you have like the question wasn't how many chickens 
and other things would it take to kill an elephant? Like, obviously, if you had chickens and an elephant gun, you could kill an elephant. So if you, if you had chickens and, and bugs, you could probably figure or out a way to kill an elephant. chickens and dynamite, as yeah, Eli mentioned. <laughs> or, okay, wait, no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll answer it a different way. So if you had, I would say, 15,000 chickens, 20,000 chickens, that would be enough chickens to feed an army that you could then lead across the Iberian Peninsula and over the Alps. And that would kill like 90 <laughs> elephants, as history has shown. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Can't make the... Uh... <laughs> John's, John's speechless. Actually, it would take less than 20,000 to feed an army because uh, we have probably over three dozen eggs that we are trying to get rid of right now. <laughs> There well, Hannibal's go. Hannibal's army. Okay, first of all, I wish I lived close to you. I would take some, but Hannibal's <laughs> army was, uh, I think, thirty-five thousand strong. And you got to assume if you're marching, you're going to eat at least six eggs a day per person. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and also the chickens can't really like lay eggs on the road. <laughs> you know, like you got you to have. So you got to send your you got to send your like KP team ahead, I guess, to settle the chickens down, get them calmed That's down. That's true. That's yeah. True. And you really can't do that in the Alps. So I think I think you're not getting eggs. You're eating the chickens. Eli Cash says parasitic elephants and explosive chickens. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great album name. Not a band I was name, say, but an album name. Totally. It's also, he's very much a Burcano, Albuquerque true man, New Mexico true. <laughs> and Anna Marie says 14 because ice cream has no bones. That Did your Twitter account just get hijacked by Wilt by Jaden Smith? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, hey guys, we are over our hour, but I have a couple of things that I still need to share. Um, because uh, we have a very special announcement about the upcoming virtual Super Friends celebration. And uh, we have a video from Kelly Getner. We're going to run this right now. Uh, if anyone needs to jump off, go ahead and feel free. But if you can wait, uh, that would be great. Uh, take it away, Kelly. Hello there, Super Friends. I'm Kelly Gettner of Phoenix Sisters Cosplay and Back Issue Breakfast Club on the Back of the Cereal Box Network. Or you might just know me because you're interested in the Virtual Super Friend Celebration. If you don't know what the Virtual Super Friend Celebration is, I'm here to tell you about it. This is a perfectly free virtual convention that's coming up Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th. This will be hosted on... Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, our YouTube, and our Facebook. So links down here. And this convention, it's completely free for you to participate in. You can log in and watch the live streams, or you can watch the reruns if you don't have the time to watch the live streams. If you watch the live streams, there is an audience participation aspect. This con is also a charity. And we are supporting the Actors Fund. And the reason we chose this charity is because the Actors Fund benefits, we're not talking about the blockbuster actors that are bringing in millions of dollars or billions of dollars per film. We are talking about people in the entertainment industry who were hit hard by this last year or who were hit hard by other hard times. The Actors Fund is there for them. Because raising money for a good cause 
and you're getting a whole weekend's worth of entertainment all from the comfort of your living room. So what more could you ask for, really? I hope you join us. Excellent. Thank you, Kelly. Um, and uh, Aubrey had to jump off to go to work. Uh, we got a few more um, uh, comments. Anna Maria says, game explosive chickens because hashtag quisp. Um, and Eli says, Lucas is probably going to jump off with great concern. I don't blame him. No way. I'm, I'm, in, it, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> <laughs> but why would you want to kill an elephant? Because they are so kind and awesome. That's true. That is That's true. That's what I was thinking. No. And piano, piano keyboard's not going to make itself. And Anna Marie <laughs> says, there's already an exploding kittens game, which Dean Barty and I reviewed on uh, Big Bowl of Board Games a couple of years ago. Uh, you can find that on our YouTube channel. But... Everybody, this game, unexploded cow. Unexploded. <laughs> yes. So this is from Cheap Ass Games, and here's the, here's here's the uh, here's the uh, pitch. You and your friends have discovered two problems with a common solution: mad cows in England, and unexploded bombs in France. In Unexploded Cow, you will help the towns of northern France clear away a century's worth of old bombs and, of course, make some mad cows explode. I'm in. <laughs> I would like to play that game. So much fun. So much fun. And uh, she loves the fact that you have that. All right. It is time for our giveaway before we leave, guys. Um, I'm going to share our giveaway tool screen. Let's see what we got here. Um, all right, Chrome tab, giveaway tool, share. Company, John. <laughs> What's that? Hi, Mrs. John. So you have company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my daughter. She just grabbed a beer out of the mini fridge. That's my daughter, Allie, <laughs> headed into uh, ballet class. All right, let's see what we got. We're gonna we're gonna draw. And our winner is Anne Marie wins Congratulations. Our, our Quisp. Thank you, Anne Marie. Actually, I will bring this to you. Uh, no, you're not going to be at Imaginarium. I will mail it to you. Send me your uh, mailing address, and we will get this right out to you. So, uh, yay. How fun is that? All right, everybody, share with the audience what you're up to this week. Where can they find you? Lucas, we already know, lucascantor.com. Nope, lucascantormusic.com. That's what I said. Close, <laughs> yeah. But if you do a search for Lucas Cantor, you're going to find yeah, lucascantormusic.com. Lucascantor.com is actually a San Francisco web developer. And he's a he's a nice guy, but he managed to lock he manages to lock down all the Lucas Cantors before I can get to them. LucasCantorMusic.com. Check him out. Connect with him. He's got samples of his music on the website, and it's a lot of fun to go and listen to all of it. I also have a podcast called Book Society, which you can find on iTunes. And my other passion is books. You can see there are some of them there. And uh, I talk to an interesting guest every week about a book. Uh, we both read it. We talk about it for a while. And it's really fun. So right. Book Society Ooh. Podcast on iTunes. So Society Podcast. Yep. That's kind of cool. Um, and I, I just posted that link. Thank maybe. you. Maybe. Did I? 
It's in the comments. Where are the comments? There it is. Book Society Podcast. That's Excellent. Check it out. DBRT, anything interesting happening this week? Where can people find you? Uh, DBRT photo. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. But not this week, but last week, I watched two movies. You would be so proud of me. <gasps> I went to the movie theater and I watched Quiet Place 2. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I highly recommend it. I liked it better in person. And I watched Cruella. Did yes. you love did you I love did. Cruella? I did. I, I I loved everything about that movie. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Highly recommend it now. Nice. Yeah. Can I give yeah. you can I give you guys a like fun enter, inside sort of entertainment thing about Cruella, which is yes. that um an article just came out in I think Variety recently about how costume designers don't get any royalties. So um, so when I write a piece of music, every time it gets played, I get a little bit of money, right? Um, but the woman who designed Cruella's costumes, Disney is now, you know, selling them and you can buy all this like Cruella stuff, but she gets no, no back end on that, which oh, functionally means awesome. she works for free because yeah. no matter that's how much Disney pays her, they're going to make more selling those yeah. things, which is, um, it's, uh, it's messed up and, uh, they're working to change it because, you know, from Disney's perspective, they're a wonderful company to work for and they're not just going to give away a revenue stream. Obviously you have to make them see the light. Um, well, right. and, and the same thing is true in the comic book industry. You know, it's, it's a work for hire mm -hmm. and you know, these guys create these amazing characters and write these amazing stories that they're paid for, but then they get turned into, you know, three billion dollar mega blockbuster movies and they never see another penny from it sure it's a tough thing because you usually get paid a lot more for a work for hire and you know as a professional artistic person i've uh, professional creative i guess you know, most of the stuff you do doesn't go anywhere you know so in the in the in the medium term like it, it often seems like a better deal to get fifteen thousand dollars for something than to get ten percent of it or one percent of it going forward and hope because, that it's going to hit. Yeah, because you never know. And like, you know, I like my rent is due today, not 30 years in my future. Yeah. You know, so, well, it's not due today, but you know what I mean. It's due yeah, this yeah. Month. That's <laughs> a whole nother discussion we yeah. could talk about for hours at a time. Um, Lex, what do you got going on this week? Where can they find you? Um, well, I'm still working on my, uh, my, my moving plans. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about those when they're actually here, but that's basically what I've been doing in, in my, uh, in my sphere lately is, uh, trying to either, well, trying to get to Nashville basically. So, but, uh, but you can find me at DRXFawn on Instagram. That's pretty much the easiest way to, to find me these days. Yeah, and uh, she posts some great cosplay stuff, all of her fun wigs, her hair colors. I love it. Thank you. I like I like color in my life, as you can see. <laughs> well, as you can see, I am uh, still sporting the blue from yesterday. I haven't washed it out. I, I can't decide what I'm going to do today, what color I'm going to do today. Are you not a natural blue? <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm a natural gray. What's that? There you go. So, so I do have gold and the gold is, is blonde and the gold is sparkly. It just doesn't show up quite as well as the blue or the purple or the red or the hot pink. I mean, today, hot today, pink today, great. today yeah. might be a hot pink kind of day. 
All right. All right, guys and gals, that is it for this show this morning. We went 15 minutes over time. I apologize to Lucas for making him get up this early and holding him 15 minutes over time. But um, we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you check out our sponsors, poddex.com. Use our promo code Cereal Box Podcast to take 10% off. Check out Zorby.com. X-O-R-B-E-E.com. Just tell them we sent you, and uh, that would be great. If you want, I, I'm telling you guys, these beanbag chairs, are you could like sink into them and then fall asleep into a permanent coma and never get up again. It's that comfortable. I'm sorry, John. Is that the ad copy they gave you? Zorby, this shit will kill you? <laughs> Lucas, you are not good for our sponsors. I'm great for your sponsors. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Zorby, sit down and die. <laughs> All right, that's enough of you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go. Thank you for joining us this morning. Lucas, thank you. You were a great guest this morning. My pleasure. And, uh, Thanks for having we me. would love to have you anytime you want to come on. You are a part of the family now and enter the rec room anytime you want. And uh, until the next time, everybody. If you like the shows, do the thing, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you are, share it with two, 300 of your closest friends and family. And until the next time, we love you, mean it, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.